We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. Whew, Melissa, here we are, episode yes. seven. And our episode today is called Why Am I Obsessed with Food? So, so what do you think? What do you think about this topic? It is a question on many women's minds that we talk to. Um, and sometimes we almost get like a little jokey about it. Like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with food. And Ugh, I know. we can make it feel... I don't know, like a flaw or a burden. Mm -hmm. We can bond over that. And sometimes mm -hmm. that does keep clients stuck because the dieting is often what's causing the obsession with the food and then they're obsessed with the diets. And, and so I'm excited to talk about this because I think it's something we kind of laugh off, but it yes. can be understood and it can be worked with. So that's what I'm excited yes. about today. Yes. And I think um, it's also funny because I'll find myself saying, oh my God, this is so addicting, right? When something mm -hmm. tastes really good. And then I've I've been having to train my brain again, like, you know what, Delina, do not use those words because they can, um, you know, insinuate that there's something wrong with something tasting good mm -hmm. and you wanting to eat more, more of it than, you know, the quote unquote serving yeah. size. So, so yeah, so I think I want to start off really discussing, is it really an obsession, right? Um, because again, we're using these words because society has, you know, implicated some sort of morality with food and we use things like sinfully good, delightfully good, <laughs> um, and then like bad, don't have that. Um, and so again, is it really an obsession or are right. you just hungry? Like, do we say, do we say we're so obsessed with air? No, no. We, we just enjoy breathing and walking around. And so I think, yeah, it's so true. We've like moralized it and made it feel like it's taboo or, yeah. you know, scandalous to take joy in food. And maybe we can explore like that type of experience versus when it does feel like it's maybe more disruptive to your life, you know, yeah. that when people tell us a lot about losing control around food or binge mm -hmm. eating, that's a different re reason we can say, I feel quote obsessed with food. So yeah. it might yeah. be good to look at it like from the, the point of view of like joy and satisfaction and hunger mm -hmm. being normalized. And also from the point of view of like, when is it not feeling joyful and, and like it's helpful? Yes. And I think that it's also important to eventually, you know, define what a binge really is, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people think that they're binging and, and this is an actual disorder, but what we sometimes think is a binge could be just normal eating mm -hmm. because you're hungry. Right. Um, and so, so it's important to kind of differentiate uh, both. Mm -hmm. um, and so another thing is, you know, we, we tend to become obsessed with food um, and thinking about food all the time when we're hungry, but is so my question to most of my clients is, well, is it time to eat? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, is it that time of, of day where you're usually hungry and maybe you're just taking too long to eat? So your body's like trying to tell you like, Hey, it's time to eat. Um, and did you eat enough at the last meal or at the last snack? Because, um, your body's going to tell you. 
mm-hmm. you know, that you're hungry. And it doesn't mean that you're obsessed with food because you just ate a few hours ago and then are hungry again. Yeah. Um, I think these are things you have to start questioning and challenging these thoughts um, because it's totally normal to be hungry. Mm-hmm. It does not mean you're obsessed with food. It means you're alive. It makes me feel sad. We have to say it. It makes me feel sad that we have to say it's normal to be hungry yes. and how so many people, when they start our programs, feel mm-hmm. frustration. Like this is duh, so easy, like hunger, fullness. Why don't I know this? They actually start to beat themselves up for not knowing it. But mm-hmm. you know, I think you're bringing up such a good mm-hmm. point that our culture sets it up that we almost silence it. It's it's taboo to have it. We mm. can't even explain how it feels sometimes. We can't mm-hmm. always articulate it. One of the signs of hunger is thinking about food. Mm-hmm. That surprises so many people, right? It's not always a physical sensation. Sometimes it's a mental sensation. And yeah, good on our brains because we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't follow through. Like if we didn't think about it, we wouldn't follow through. And so it's, it's part of it, right? Thinking about food is part of the experience of responding to hunger. Absolutely. And so let's talk about, and I think that's great that you brought that up because I was going to talk about the definition of hunger. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, first, sometimes the thoughts about food come up like, Ooh, I know it's almost lunchtime. What do I want? Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of those kinds of thoughts. Um, But hunger if we want to look at it from like a definition point of view is the uneasy or painful sensation caused by wanting food. And I think when I saw this definition, I was like, oh, wait, I'm thinking of the hunger scale here because when you actually are hungry, you've probably waited Mm -hmm. too long to eat. Um, And that's why it could become painful or uneasy in your thoughts constantly going to food because your body's trying to tell you something. And how else are you going to know if you're hungry, if you're not going to have, you know, sensations, right? Either pain or feeling uneasy or thoughts about food. Like this is your body's very smart way of telling you, hello, (laughs) you need to eat. Yes, it is time. It is time. Yeah. And just for some of the listeners out there, like the questions that sometimes we hear is like, how do I stop cravings? Mm -hmm. How do I make it so I'm not hungry all the time? Um, respectfully, the answer is you don't, right? You actually become more attuned to listening (laughs) to when those signals come up. Um, We also work with clients on um, a strategy called honoring practical hunger, which means Mm -hmm. using your wisdom and what you know about your needs to define a pattern of eating that works best for you. That's more Mm -hmm. of a higher level intuitive eating skill. But Mm -hmm. down the line, you know what Delina's saying makes total sense to me in my practice too, that, that we do want to not fear it and we maybe want to yes. anticipate it eat before yes. it gets painful mm-hmm. and big. Yes. Yes. And I think, um, Melissa, if you want to touch upon a little bit on like what primal hunger is, because this is something that I've been seeing a lot on social media. A lot of people are posting about primal hunger and a lot of people are like, well, what the heck is that? Like, is this like a different type of hunger? Um, And I think that it flows perfectly with why we feel like we're quote unquote obsessed with food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this theory comes from the idea that we have minimum basic needs around nutrition and fuel and specifically around intake of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So if we are consistently under eating and are eating unpredictably, the body starts to get wise to what's happening and it can start to override it. It creates a learned response to that restriction 
that almost, it's almost like someone took you over for a second, right? Like mm-hmm. if we've all had that feeling before you look down at a box <laughs> of crackers, you're like, who, who took, where did they go? Right. <laughs> so that, if you have that feeling a lot where you feel loss of control, you're looking down at your plate and you're um, uncertain how much you ate, or you're surprised by how much you ate, maybe the end, the outcome of, of responding to primal hunger is you feel like very uncomfortable in your body, maybe mm-hmm. overshot it a little bit. Um, this is more of a, uh, a triggered response mm-hmm. from our ancestors that help yeah. us not starve. So yes. is yes. that how you think about it when you describe it? I do, I do. And this is why I also wanted to discuss the word binge, because a lot of people will then associate what just happened in a primal hunger uh, situation as a binge. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not. that's not quite the definition of a binge Mm -hmm. just because you ate your whole plate (laughs) Mm -hmm. does not mean that you binged um and so it's important to differentiate those two because again they're they're used or binges i i feel like the word binge is thrown around Mm -hmm. uh very easily and so for me i think understanding primal hunger and having my clients understand primal hunger that that you know that involuntary, right? Because sometimes it's so involuntary that you will just finish your whole plate because you you got to the point where your your body had to respond in mm-hmm. one way or another because you either have been restricting for too long or just not um, honoring your hunger. Right. Um, it's not a bad thing. And, yeah. and I think that's one thing that we need to understand. It, it's not bad to eat your whole plate. It's not bad to sometimes eat past uh, the point of, of being full. And, and I think you, you listened to the same podcast that I listened to where, um, Evelyn was on and, and she discussed, um, the new book. Mm-hmm. And she also discussed, um, having one particular client who was a teenager who would always eat past the point of being satisfied. And she asked him, mm-hmm. you know, why do you do this? And, and she said something, or he said something along the lines of, well, it tastes so good. I just don't want that experience to be over. Mm, yeah. And I think that's important to understand that although we talk about a hunger scale, which can very much be turned into a diet, mm-hmm. we need to understand that eating and having a good relationship with food is so much more than just stopping when you're full and eating when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. It's being in tune with your body, like you said earlier, and knowing that sometimes reaching that point of satisfaction might be a little bit past yeah. the fullness point. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're obsessed with food and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you freaking enjoyed the meal. Right. And you just right. wanted to have a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. The hunger and the fullness go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. And so having that really objective view on it and saying, look, if I'm at the point where I'm consistently under eating, I'm consistently restricting or having unpredictable Um, access to food, I'm more likely to be in a primal hunger part of the hung of of my hunger, right? It's going to be bigger. And if we think of that, like the, the, the air analogy, Mm -hmm. um, Evelyn Triboli, one of the authors of intuitive eating also talks about this a lot, which is if we were to hold our breath for a very long time, right? I don't know. How how long can you hold your breath? I can go about 20 seconds before I start to never counted. But if you try to hold your breath, you know, the very first breath you take isn't going to be this like delicate, like, ah, right. You're going to go, ah, and it's going to be a it's big be a breath of air because you're making up for air lost. And that's the same way that the hunger might work. And so 
if you know in your mind, your mind's eye, like, look, I, I might be under eating. I'm not eating regularly. It's your responsibility. It's your job to say, okay, mm-hmm. this makes sense. This makes sense mm-hmm. that I ate a very big meal. That's different from, you know, maybe feeling your fullness and then saying, oh, I want more because it tastes good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue. Both of these things are not necessarily considered binges, right? Mm-hmm. So just being careful not to pathologize or turn mm-hmm. you into a flawed, you know, a flawed being mm-hmm. or these things. If you can understand the origin, that's super powerful to help you yes. have a better relationship with hunger. Yes. And would help, and and I think essentially because of this topic that we're talking about, it'll help you understand that you're not truly obsessed with food, mm-hmm. right? That you're truly just being a human, mm-hmm. and and it's it's natural and normal to have different feelings of hunger per every meal or even you know day to day basis. You, your hunger isn't always going to be the same every day, and so again, you're not obsessed with food because one day you're hungrier, and then you know, than you were the, the, the previous day. And mm-hmm. I think, again, diet culture has conditioned us to think that we need to eat the same exact measured amount <laughs> every single day for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And what fun is in that? <laughs> yeah. What fun and, is in that? And beyond like it not being fun, what, what backfiring is in that? Yeah. Because when you do that, you know, on my applications, for a program, one of the phrases I always see is I can't stop thinking about food. Yes. Like when I say, I ask yes. people, what are your top three problems? I always hear, I can't stop thinking about food. Mm-hmm. And my little like antennas are going up always like, okay, this might be a problem of not eating enough. Enough. Mm-hmm. And if you're always. not eating enough, it's really hard to then go on to these other elements or aspects in your relationship with food. So yes, yes. And I had, um, I had someone comment on one of my posts um, this week that discussed just that. She said for the Mm -hmm. longest time, she thought she had an addiction to food and she went to therapists and she went to a bunch of, you know, different types of nutropaths and, you Mm -hmm. know, tried to figure out like what her problem was. Why Mm -hmm. was she so obsessed with food? And then she started working with an intuitive eating uh, provider and realized that what was wrong the whole time was she wasn't eating enough. Mm -hmm. She just was not allowing herself to to really nourish her body which then caused her body to go into this primal need mm-hmm. and only think about food all the time. I wish our audience was with us right now because I can <laughs> I can almost uh, feel them in the future kind of tightening up because it's such an uncomfortable message when you've been dieting for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People have such a hard time believing that that they're you know that they're they're not eating enough like because for so long they've been trying to eat less, the assumption is that they're eating too much. So if yeah. you are listening to this and going, what the hell are these two talking what about right now? That's a normal experience, <laughs> um, you know, after you've been dieting for so long. So I just want to honor that. If this is yes. a new message for you, uh, yes. I get it. <laughs> yes. So pretty much we have to stop with the black and white thinking. Hunger is fluid. I love using the word fluid because it just means it's moving. And I wish everybody could see us dancing on the screen right now. Keeping it fluid. <laughs> As we're saying, keeping it fluid, yes. Um, and to understand that if you feel hungry or you're thinking about food, you're not obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay. It's and like, so, what's the harm in testing it, yeah, right? That's yeah. If you're not sure if you're hungry or not, you might just eat to see. Like you can, mm-hmm. if you take that first bite and you're going, uh, you actually... Yeah. 
that wasn't what the doctor ordered, go ahead and do something else, right? You can always yeah. stop eating once you start, but maybe it's worth experimenting on that. Yes. And please don't do the whole drink a cup of water Mm-mm. because thirst is being <laughs> felt like hunger. No, that's not true. Or you drink a cup of water, you're expanding your stomach and it's just telling your stomach that something's in there, but it has nothing, it zero calories, no substance. So you're going to get hungrier faster later. Did you listen to Jess and Wendy from Food Heaven's podcast about hydration? I did not. Not yet. Um, all of you, please search for this podcast, find this episode. There, It's all about the research of hydration and how we really don't have very much of it to even... Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a, a sidebar, if you're interested in looking We up love Wendy and Jess, FYI. They're my um, So that whole water trick is not founded in research. Mm-mm. It's a little bit on the disordered side because we're mm-hmm. trying to confuse our body from a signal that is coming from a place of need. So that's a really good point. Yes. I just had to throw that in there because Love it's it. something I see a lot and um, it pisses me off. You know, I get really angry. <laughs> she has feelings. I do. My feelings are all shown in my face. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and sometimes I'm scrolling through the IG and I'm like, Ugh. Oh my God. You're a woman of passion. That is for sure. (laughs) That is for sure. (laughs) All right. What's our next tip? What's next? What's next? Okay. Melissa, why do we crave? A couple reasons, I think. And I I think sometimes it's worth exploring your emotional relationship with food as well as the hunger based Mm -hmm. relationship with food. And oftentimes what we're doing in coaching sessions is helping people tease out how much of this craving is coming from emotional hunger mm-hmm. and a need to soothe and feel better and how much mm-hmm. of it is coming from biological hunger or just a need mm-hmm. for nutrition and nourishment. Um, either way, it's coming from a need. And so that's why we're coming back to an earlier comment on this episode today the the idea of how do I stop cravings, try to try to change that language in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to stop cravings because mm-hmm. they're telling us about a need. And instead say, what is this craving trying to tell me? You know, is this a biological need? Is this an emotional need? And then for me there, you don't have to judge your choice in in what you do with that craving, yeah. right? Food may be what you want. Last night I had a big bowl of mint chip ice cream. I had a very stressful day and that's exactly what I wanted to choose. Another day I might choose a walk or meditation and we really try to see those things as equal in our practice. So awesome. Yeah. So I think, I think for our our listeners, I get this whole question a lot of like, what is truly an emotional, like what is emotional hunger? Right. If you Mm -hmm. could say that maybe in like a sentence, what, how Mm -hmm. would you describe it? I would say it's a desire for food based in a feeling, an emotional feeling. So it might be, yeah, yeah. Was it good? Yeah, You put me on the spot, you guys. We did not prep for this episode. I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that that does do a nice job because it also talks about positive emotion. Like Mm -hmm. when we're celebrating and we feel good, food can enhance that feeling and make it last longer, right? Like, you know, when you're with your girlfriends, you have a dinner, do you want to go for one more drink? Maybe you're not wanting a drink, but going for that drink or should we get a dessert? Adding that in isn't coming mm-hmm. from your body needing food. It's because you want to maintain the moment. Mm-hmm. So yes. yeah. 
Yes. And so again, you're not obsessed with food for doing that. You're just being a human. And I mm -hmm. think I always talk about, you know, emotional, um, you know, connections with food. And I always talk about like your abuela's cooking or your mommy's mm -hmm. cooking, how like sometimes you sit down and you have this dish and it brings you back mm -hmm. and it hits the spot. And sometimes when you're feeling sad, you want that feeling again. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so having that dish makes you feel better because it brings back that sense of caring that your abuela or your mommy or your tia or whoever it was that cooked that gave to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So again, it's not an obsession. It's just being human and needing that connection. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's super important to, to point out. So Melissa, any closing tips that you may have? Yeah. This idea of silencing our needs just came up for some reason. And I know we've talked about this on past episodes. Um, but I think, I'm just thinking, like, why do we talk like this? Like, this idea that we're obsessed with food, as you and I are talking here, it's so clear to me it's not an obsession. It's so clear yeah. to me that there are real reasons why we desire food. It's normal and beneficial to our experience here. I think what can come up for people is that we forget that we deserve to have our needs met, mm -hmm. it's very easy to say, well, there must be something wrong with me for needing and wanting. Mm -hmm. um, so just to challenge that idea a little bit, that you are someone who is worth your needs and wants in whatever way you choose to express them. And I hope today's episode helped some of you to be able to do that a little bit better. Yes, yes, I, I agree with that. And I am oh, so happy that you brought up some of these points um, because it's important to one, eat adequately two honor those feelings and three not to be so hard on yourself mm -hmm. i think i think that's what i think that would sum up kind of this conversation that yeah. that we've had today we could have had a 30 second podcast brilliant tie up there <laughs> we could have just done that just that little just snippet that. i hope you all found value in the previous 20 minutes but i love that that takeaway uh. <laughs> So that was today's episode. We'd love for you to review it wherever you found this podcast so you can help other women like you looking to heal their relationship with food find our show. And if you need more support, remember Delina and I both offer programs for women who want to break the diet cycle for themselves and their families just like we are. We hope to see you on Insta. You can follow me, Melissa, at No More Guilt. And me, Delina, at Your Latina Nutritionist. All right. We'll see you on there, just like we found each other, Delina. Thanks for being here with us and being who you are. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle. Hola, hola, chulas. It's Delina, or Dalina, actually. I'm practicing this, everyone. I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Your Latina Nutrition with Dalina. That's me. What you are about to listen to is not a professional coaching or counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation and is meant for educational purposes. We are dietitians, but we are not your dietitian. Remember that podcasts don't constitute treatment. If you have concerns about your dieting behaviors, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. And if you're ready to eat without guilt and enjoy cultural foods, apply for a coaching program from today's sponsor, me. I'm currently enrolling clients into my one-on-one -on -one programs, group programs, 
And I am also offering a self-paced course for diet culture disruptors. Apply for the program that fits your needs at yourlatinanutrition.com.